It's the Andy Thompson Show on ESPN 97.7. We welcome in uh, Poppy for our week, uh, this week's tailgate tour. How's it going, Poppy? Hey, Andy. It's great to be here. All right, we've got uh, Big Game James. we got Burnsy in the house. Say hello, boys. Hello, Poppy. Hello. Wow, a big group. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. Uh, Tailgate tour one of our favorite segments every week. Before we get to the new topic this week, is there anything uh, cleanup-wise from last week? Yes, as a matter of fact, thanks for asking. I think I'm going to kind of take the side of your cousin Randy and push back on you a little bit. Oh. Uh, if you remember last week, I talked about the most significant games when I had BYU's game ahead of, or I had Utah's game ahead of BYU's national championship, and you gave me some slack, a flack on yes. that, right? Yes. You were at the so BYU what, game. They beat Michigan. They won the national title. That is clearly the best uh, game that you've ever been to. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about that BYU season. BYU had played one ranked team. Yeah, That includes Michigan wasn't ranked when they beat them. They beat Pittsburgh, who ended up being 3-7 and seven at the end of the year. So they had non-conference games against Baylor and Tulsa and Utah State. Then they mowed through the weak whack. And then they played Michigan, the 6-5 and five team, yeah. in the Holiday Bowl. And so not, a great, not really a, a, a really good resume. I mean, they're, 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 the teams that they played only won 21 games. The 11 wow. teams that they played had a 21 and 33 one loss record. Right. So they played a pretty patsy schedule. But Bino Cook at the end of the season said, hey, th- these guys are our national champs, right? Yeah. I mean, they are the national champions. They were the only undefeated team. Yeah. And Washington was 11 and 1, and they beat Oklahoma in their bowl game. But, uh, you know, they give it to the undefeated team. Okay. And that's that. So you got BYU, but they've got an asterisk, I think, in my mind. They really weren't the strongest team. They just were the only undefeated team playing a soccer schedule. On the other hand, you got Utah, who played three ranked teams during their undefeated season. See, they played TCU, they played BYU, they played Alabama, beat them all. And then they played in their other non-conference games. They played teams that weren't great, UNLV, Utah State. Uh, I don't remember who, Baylor or somebody else like that. But their t- the teams that they played won 34 games compared to BYU's 21. So, so you're saying the be- you're saying had Utah done what they did in 08 back in the days of yeah. the newspapers telling us who the national championship was, then they would have you know a title that year potentially. They had a very same claim. They yeah. would have had the undefeated team. Florida had one loss. They did beat somebody in the bowl game. And on the field, Florida probably would have beaten Utah, just like on the field, Washington would have beaten BYU. But Utah didn't get the national championship, even though they were undefeated, because we had a different way of of figuring out who the champion was. Okay. I like that argument. Um, you know, you may have convinced me. I just, <laughs> I know that we're, by the way, Randy's my twin brother. And of all people, uh, Poppy, you should know that, right? We're not cousins. He's, he's my twin. Oh, cousin. Oh, yeah. did I say cousin? Yeah. Yeah. He's he's probably listening and offended that his own uh, father would not know uh, his relation to me. All right. Let's go. What yeah. is uh, this week's uh, topic, Poppy? All right, so we went through a lot of different stuff, and I thought, you know, we've been a lot of games where there wasn't much of a excitement because the teams were losers, and I tried to fix, figure out, okay, which is the best program that is able to have some excitement and some fans show up and get excited about your team, even when they usually lose. Mm. So I, I'm trying to I'm trying to go through each conference and the places that I've been and select the team that I think is able to put some excitement in the 
into the event, even when they lose all their games. Or love, most of their games. love this topic. All right, I'll let you lead. Tell us what conference and then just go for it, puppy. All right, feel free to chime in, any of you guys. Okay. I know I'm going to hear from Big Game about Hawaii somewhere in the show. <laughs> so so feel free to chime in. And Hawaii may, Hawaii may fit this bill. <laughs> okay, we got the, I'm going to start with the SEC. Very proud of themselves. It means more to them. You did a, you did a shower thought on that just recently. They've only had five different schools win their conference. And so, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of also rands there, a lot to choose from. Yep. People that haven't won anything, like Arkansas, Missouri, they've won some division titles, South Carolina, Texas A&M, Bandy, so on. Just a whole list of teams that never have a shot. And so, Marilyn and I went to South Carolina in 2007 to watch Florida come in there with Tim Tebow. Yeah. Steve Spurs. That means South Carolina's had some great coaches. They've had Lou Holtz and they had Steve Spurrier and there was some excitement there. But Florida came in and beat them. Tebow had a great game, beat them 51 31. But South Carolina was exciting. And I looked up the stats. They still get 80% of their seats filled all season long. So the highest the high, among among those teams that haven't won a championship, their attendance is great. They've got a seventy five thousand seat facility. Their game day experience of the tailgate and all the excitement. Again, this is a team that has never won the title and has not really even been in the upper division of that right. conference ever. But yet they are strong and they have good excitement. They realize they're probably not going to win it. But they enjoy football. The fans show up, and they have a great time there. Fantastic. Yeah, I like that. You know, South Carolina, the second, you know, program in their own state, a lower-tier SEC team, but uh, still with excitement. I I like that pick. Anybody else even close to them in the SEC? Yeah, I I should throw a bone to your cousin. This is your cousin I'm talking about, Bri, who who we went to see. He was a student there. So if he listens to this podcast, I want him to know that I remember that he took (laughs) us to the game. Yeah, I mean Mississippi State was a fine place, and they have a big, a nice crowd. Not a not a full house, but they haven't ever won anything. Arkansas, the same. Kentucky, okay. Not, they're they're runner ups. They're they're not as strong as South Carolina. All right, very good. Next uh, next conference. All right, uh, Big Ten, also very lopsided. Ohio State, Michigan wins eighty five percent of the ti- of the titles, and they have for the last one hundred and ten years. Purdue, get this, Purdue has won eight titles, but nothing since 2000. And and second behind Purdue is the University of Chicago. University of Chicago has won seven Big Ten titles, and they haven't played football in 90 years. Holy cow. So they're they're just barely behind Purdue, and they haven't even been trying for 90 years. But anyway, there's another (laughs) one of your cousins. We, We went to visit. In, when he was a student, Garrett was a student at Purdue, and they have a great, very similar to South Carolina. They're proud to be in the Big Ten. We watched them play, I don't remember, Wisconsin, I think. Joe Tiller was their coach. A quarterback by the name of Drew Brees was playing then. And so we were in the end zone. It was it was crowded. A guy stole my jacket. I think he was drunk and he got kind of cold. My My jacket was hanging down below my seat, and he picked it up. But he was very good about giving it back to me when we asked him for it later on. <laughs> so we had a great time at Purdue, and their cra- and the fans know we're hey, we're not playing to win the title. We're just playing to yes. continue to play football. They just like football. Good for Purdue. 
good for next, hey, You know what? Next week, we're going to do my top five cousins. <laughs> okay. Very good. <laughs> All right. Anybody have any comments on the Big Ten? Either of your I, other co-hosts? I was surprised it was Purdue, but w- what do you think? Anything? Any comments, Burns? No, he's are, got nothing. I was going to say, are a lot of these going to end up being basketball schools? Oh. Oh, good point. Just, well, the other the, runners, the runners up in the in the Big Ten were like Minnesota, not really a basketball mm, school. Yeah. Wisconsin for years were terrible. They've kind of gotten good lately. Right. But we we actually we went to Wisconsin at a time when they were terrible, and so there was they were it was impressive how excited they'd be. So yeah, so far I picked uh, I picked Purdue. South Carolina is not really a basketball school, and I I don't know that Purdue really is either. But anyway, they're probably stronger in basketball than they are football. All right. Very good. Let's go to the next conference. Next next conference is one close to our hearts, the Big 12. They've had they've had a few more people win it, but still very lopsided. Oklahoma, yeah. Once Oklahoma and Texas leave, it'll be more, more wide open. We went to Texas Tech in Lubbock back in what year? 2016. And Mike Leach and, and uh, uh, they've had good coaches. Cliff Kingsbury was there. Uh, and the day we were there, we watched a guy named Patrick Mahomes quarterback for the Texas Texas Tech Raiders. Ooh. And it was, a, it was a fun environment. They ended up beating somebody. I think they beat Kansas. And so it was, again, these are, these are people out in Lubbock. They're very proud to be in the Big 12. Uh, on a rare occasion, you might remember one year that Mike Leach got him kind of close to the top. Yeah. But every other year, they're just in the bottom the bottom tier. And so they go to the game as a social event, not because they're going to want to watch winning football. Love Texas now, Tech. Oh, you, James yeah. James is nodding vehemently. You have something to say, James? I mean, they're just one of those teams in the Big 12 that kind of go unnoticed. Yeah. Especially in football. Yeah. They had the Graham Harold Crabtree years. And yeah. Other than that, it's just been eh. Yeah. And they still yeah. show out. Very impressive. All right. They uh, do show out. Yeah. ACC. We go to the ACC. They have, uh, let's see, more balance. 13 different schools have won the ACC. Again, it's a little bit not quite as crazy about football, more of a basketball school. And so it's more available for, for, for football. The school that I'm picking, Georgia Tech has, has, has decent crowds, losing percentages, Wake Forest also. But I'm giving it to, to, to Virginia. Virginia has a nice stadium. They get it about two-thirds feel all the time. Uh, we went to a game. Again, I'm connecting this to my son. My son go, lives there. We watched them play William & Mary in 2011. I think Mendenhall may have been there then. Maybe not quite then. Anyway, they, they are very, they're very hoity-toity about their football. They don't, they're not rabid fans. They're not super excited about the game. They go there to see everybody, to tailgate, to talk about academics. Hey, how you doing in your history class? The professors are there in their argyle sweaters. So wait, you're you're mocking the school that you're picking as the winner as you're (laughs) as you're selecting them. I'm just saying they're they're very different about their football. This is a very it's almost like an Ivy League experience where they're going there. Like you see them with their pipes and their sweaters. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's the ACC. All right. Very good. Okay. Finally, we go to the the. I think that's all. That's the other four power fives now we go to the pac 12 that has the most diversity 12 schools have won that conference dating back to 1927 when the university of idaho of all things idaho was in the conference and they won it uh washington state 
hasn't won it. They haven't won it four. They have won it four times, but not since 2002. They've had some decent coaches. They had. I mean, I got kind of a Mike Leach thing going here. Mike Price, Mike Leach, Dennis Erickson, some really good coaches, really good excitement. They get about 80% fan support there. Their, their stadium has an average of about 80% capacity. So they get good crowds. Marilyn and I went there and watched them in 2021, and they actually lost to Utah State. And so wow. they, were, they, they were expecting to beat Utah State. But again, Washington State, they don't leave. They don't, they're not grumbling. They're not pouting. They oh okay Utah State good for them they came in and beat us uh, they they expected to win but they didn't and so they go home and have a nice weekend anyway it doesn't spoil their weekend fantastic that- Lo- love honoring the Palouse welcome back tailgate tour continues with Poppy we've gone through all Power Five teams we're talking about the the teams in each conference that aren't any good but still have great fans and great atmosphere at their stadiums we welcome back Poppy all right where were we uh, Poppy. We were just finishing up the Big 12. I gave it to Washington State. But yeah. I also want to talk about Colorado. Of course, Colorado is filling up the stadium this year with Prime. Yeah. But I looked up last year. Uh, they still had 85% of their tickets sold last year. They have, they've got about, they averaged about 43,000 fans there. That was before Prime got it. And you remember that Colorado was terrible for the yeah. years before Prime got there. So good for them. Uh, we watched them beat UCLA in 2018, and I was very impressed with the with the stadium. Of course, the Buffalo, the whole thing about Colorado. But again, the fans show up to enjoy the atmosphere and enjoy the game, even if they are not winning a bunch of them. Good for Colorado. Yeah, one yeah. one win team last year, and still were showing out. All right, very good. Yeah, uh, I thought I would talk about some local interest. Please, uh, all of us have been to Utah State. They get 65% of their their average attendance of 65% of the capacity, 17,000 fans or something like that. A very creative, energetic student section. But the fan base is kind of always expecting the other shoe to drop. I mean, they they, they sometimes have a, a great game, and then they think, yeah, can we hold it? Can we, right. can we really beat Boise twice in a row? Can we really beat these other schools? So they still have that hump to get over. But I'm very proud of the Aggie fans who show out for the for for the Aggies, even when they don't have a great season every year. I am I am proud of them too. One of our uh, very good buddies named Rustin Burnside was just uh, up there cheering on the Aggies against Boise State, one of the worst games of the year, right, Rustin? What was that experience like for you, pal? Yeah, we discussed this a little bit here, Poppy. But the biggest thing is. I'm surprised that Utah State does what they do as as continuous as they do. It's fantastic for for Cash Valley. It's fantastic for Logan because I went and I sat on cold bleachers, not seats, mind you, cold bleachers that were wet. You got to wipe them down, and there's still people packed shoulder-to-shoulder type scenario there. Like, they're they're doing just fine. And, of course, Boise State absolutely wallops them. And I know the environment wasn't as loud. It was cold. People were wet. They were miserable. The score uh, obviously wasn't wasn't what they wanted it to be, but I mean, I, I was impressed. I honestly didn't think that I would see a massive tailgate party outside of uh, Maverick Stadium or whatever it's called. With with uh, like, when you think of tailgates, you think of your SECs, right, and yeah, your, your bigger yeah. conferences. And no, mm-hmm. they they're still doing it strong up there in Cache Valley. And all credit goes to them and, and Aggie faithful. Yeah, yeah, those those people up there are pioneer stock. They don't <laughs> mind being miserable. <laughs> and if and if they suffer for their football, they're happy to do it because it's part of their part of their heritage. And so they've 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 been good, 
that they won, they won the conference a year or two ago. They'll probably go to a bowl game. I think they do go to a bowl game this year. So they're not terrible, but they always have a way to disappoint, and people kind of expect <laughs> that somewhere along the line they aren't going to live up to the hype. But they, the fans are great there. Okay, the next group of local interest is BYU. They get 78% of their seats sold. Of course, they get about, they get about an average of 60,000 people there. And through the independent years, they had some really bad times in November, really bad games late in the year. Yeah. And yet their fans still, for the most part, showed up. I mean, I'm really pleased, really pr- proud of them. Their fans, I've always thought, their student section is very energetic, very pumped up, do a lot of creative things. That, that mascot thing that they do makes YouTube and then yeah. makes them famous. Yeah. Their fans, I used to make fun of them because they're kind of fuddy-duddy. They take their thermoses full of chicken noodle soup into the stadium and <laughs> have their lunch and listen to Paul James on the radio. Didn't really ever say anything unless it was to complain about why they're throwing the ball on third and seven or why they're <laughs> running it. I mean, it's not fun to sit by these BYU fans sometimes, but they do show up, so I'll give them that. <laughs> okay, very good. Next team. Okay. All right, the next local one is Utah. Uh, they sold 76% of their stadium is filled, and I think that's probably not right. I mean, they've been they sold out for like 26 26 games in a row or 100 and some games in a row, haven't they? So you're quoting the your, your number is probably the actual attendance versus tickets sold, right, for, for these teams? That I'm could guessing, be. Right? They're average attendance. Anyway, last year, and I think every year except the – I know what's happened is some of these percentages are a little bit sm- slower lower because they average in the COVID year, which was really bad. Oh, uh, yes. But, but but Utah is 100%. Their, their, their average attendance this past year was 101%. So they they get a good crowd, and and of course they were terrible. When I I would go to all those games when we lived there in the eighties and nineties. I went to every single home game, and that was back when they had bad programs and they were losing, you know, six seven games a year. And the and the crowd was still there, but they were mad. They were yeah. bitter. They expected better than that, especially when they lost to BYU. So uh, I'm going to give Utah some credit for hanging in there, and now it's kind of turned around. They got something to cheer for. And uh, I hope that they can ride that on into the Big 12 for a few years. I agree, Burns. Bobby, I just got to ask you because I feel like you'd be a good debate settler in this scenario. So every day, every season, right, after every game, when I hop on the old social medias, there's always some Utah fan posting a picture of BYU Stadium and how there are empty seats here and there and then posting, you know, their stadium and showing how it's full and vice versa, right? BYU fans do the same thing. They target Eccles and then say, look at Lavelle, it's full. Settle it once and for all. Which fans are actually better at supporting their team when they're not very good? Is it BYU or is it Utah? What have you wow. seen? Well, yeah. Well, see, BYU has a bigger stadium. Right. I mean, they, they get, yeah, if they get 65,000 people in there, that's 10,000 more seats than Utah has. Uh, but I think it's very impressive. Utah's support, uh, uh, of course, they've had winners. They've had a lot of winners here in the last four or five years. Uh, and I th- but I think they've supported them even back when they were losing six games a year. So I would have to say overall support uh, because again they're better. They've they've had more success on the field. BYU's had less success, and they've had during the independent era a lot of really weak opponents that they've had to watch. So if there's a good opponent, I think the big I think BYU is going to be just fine in the Big Twelve. I think they're going to get good crowds for the Big Twelve. 
but they've got a bigger stadium to fill. Utah is on a roll here. I, I think it's hard to argue against Utah being the most strongly supported in the state. Okay, so you're going with Utah over BYU. I am. What, I a, am. what a shocker. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay, my last yeah. my last school of local interest is Utah Tech, formerly known as yes. State. Yes. And and in two th- here's here's my issue with them. They only play four home games a year. This year, four home Amazing. games. Amazing. Yes. What a travesty. I don't know why that is, but but they 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 drew pretty well against Montana, Austin, Stephen F. Austin. I mean, they're getting five thousand, six thousand uh, fans there, yeah. which is still less than half. I mean, they're not they're not in a very high percentage. They need to be getting ten, twelve thousand people there, and especially the students. I mean, I, I think part of it is these Dixie State fans still remember the old days when they were the junior college Dixie Rebels and winning everything yeah. and winning championships, and so they're still kind of begrudging about trying to get on the bandwagon for Utah Tech. And I heard your former coach talking about that, how they can get people excited again about about Utah Tech football. Yeah. But it, at the very least, you'd think five or 6,000 students would show up and just have a fun time and go crazy in the stands. And then I think eventually the locals will show up. But right now, they're in kind of a bad spot. They need to they need to step it up a little bit, Utah Tech, I think. Yeah, I agree. And the student, the student section... I think over the last few years has gotten better and better and better. Big game. Give us your perspective as a student at uh, Utah Tech, buddy. You know, this is, it's a, not a touchy subject for me, but it could be a fragile one because my very first game as a college student at this university, we lost uh, 63 to three to Mesa yeah, or a school of mines or someone in Colorado. And it was just like, wow, I don't want to sit here and watch us get blown out by that much. This is me thinking as a student now. Over the years, you know, it, it, it's been kind of the same story. But when the product on the field, as a college student, what what are, what are like the SEC schools really good at doing? Having pregame festivities. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and Utah Tech, they try to do that. But I think they cater to the community more than I think they cater to the students. Mm, interesting. Because uh. as a college student, if I'm getting ready for a football game, I don't want to be in the same vicinity as a six-year-old or a seven-year-old Oh, child. the family style. Right, right. and the families. Yeah. Are, it's just a hard combination to do right. families and college students in the same area in a community like this. So mm-hmm. I think it's a bigger issue than just putting the students in the stadium. I think there's got to be other things outside that make the students want to go to that. Good I insight. I think that's the biggest yeah. Good insight by big game. Uh, Poppy? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, if it's a blowout, nobody wants to go see 63-3. to If they can improve to where it's competitive and the games are close, and I think this year most of the games were pretty close. They yep. lost a lot of close ones. Yep. If they if they are in the game until the fourth quarter and a chance to win, I think there's a chance. And as, as they select this new football coach, if they get somebody who's dynamic and has won someplace else and can get some talent in there and win a few games, I think the, I think the community will come. But once they start seeing that they're making some progress in this new conference, so I hope they do because that needs to be a really great venue and a really great facility and part of the university. And football can really carry the university if it gets good. Yes, I agree. I agree. All right. Uh, anything else, Poppy? Was that the last one? Nope. Great to talk to you guys, and I'm glad for your input. Okay, fantastic topic. We'll pod, If you're just catching the end of that, we'll podcast it. Uh, just search The Andy Thompson Show wherever you get your podcasts. All of Poppy's tailgate tours all season long are on there, and uh, they'll continue through the national championship. We'll talk to you next week, Poppy.